Disagree, your weekly Friday night sports show on WKWZ 88.5 FM, live from Syosset High School. I'm your host, Colin Evans, alongside my partner, Sammy Sherry, the one and only. And we have you covered on the latest and greatest in sports for the next hour, four to five of your evening, assuming everyone listening's on the East Coast. You know, we got, we got our international listeners on the moon. Uh, <laughs> But besides that, you know, we got our we got our core audience, but one day one day we'll grow. Anyway, Sammy, what's going on, man? How are you? Cole, nothing much. Looking forward to Championship Sunday this week and we have an interesting slate of games. We have a rem- two rematches of earlier in the season. This time the NFC rematch will be in Green Bay instead of Tampa and same thing it will be in Kansas City instead of Buffalo. So looking forward to a great weekend. We have two great games, two four capable teams that could easily make the Super Bowl that could have been predicted before the season. And looking forward to get into this great show. Yeah, it's going to be quite the weekend of football. And as always, we're excited. But at the same time, it's starting to hit me, Sammy. Football season is almost over. I mean, that's... It's pretty sad. I don't know what we're going to talk about now. <laughs> I mean, the NBA, though, is starting to get heated up. I know we'll talk about that a bit later, but, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a shame when we have to focus on other sports because the NFL is, you know, it's it's the it's the main part of our show, and that really carries us through the weeks. Well, two things. One, the NFL is a 12-month event. They have structured Not that like league the perfectly. NBA. They have structured that league perfectly where every day and every month there are headlines. Not you really like the NBA. You really NBA's offseason is better than the I regular season. I completely agree. I completely agree. I I think the NBA offseason is better than the playoffs in my opinion. I just I just enjoy the really? I enjoy the NBA personally the most for the drama. I always give my Kardashians comparison I love it. I think that's what it's all about. I really enjoy with the NBA all the drama and headlines behind it. I live for that stuff. Regular season, I watch. I will gladly admit, I'll be the first to admit that I barely watch any NBA regular season games besides every Nick game. I watch every Nick game probably because I have an incentive in it, just because I want them to win now. But besides that, like I don't make time out of my week to watch NBA Friday, NBA Wednesday, or a primetime game on ABC. It's a regular season game. It doesn't hold much value to me, Sammy. That's the truth behind it. I mean, it's a very fair point this season. Haven't watched a ton live, per se, of the NBA. But, you know, the big games I usually watch later in the season, I'm sure I'll start watching more. Like, I remember I was watching that Saturday night game a few years ago with OKC versus the Warriors, the regular season game where Curry made that jump shot from, like, half court. I remember seeing it live, and it was just a spectacular event. I mean, that's one of the greatest regular season moments. Like, those kind of games, I think, even though they're in the regular season, they're special. They have a playoff vibe around them. Yeah, no, of course you're comparing apples to oranges when you're talking about the value of an NBA regular season game versus an NFL regular season game. You know, but you have a 16 versus... You know, now it's 70-plus game schedule, but traditionally 82-game schedule. Mm-hmm. So, you know, obviously each game doesn't hold as much value. 
But at the same time, I just don't find NBA regular season games something that I make time out of my day to glue my eyes to the television to watch. Mm. How, how's this for a question? What do you enjoy more in the NFL? The, the regular season week-to-week grind and the enjoyment of that and fantasy football and everything along that, everything along those lines, or playoff time when things just start to slim, slim down, but each game becomes increasingly more important? The regular season, I mean, that slate from 1 o'clock to 11.30 to 12, that's just a full day of football, and you can't get enough. I mean, you have some great teams. Watch the NFL Red Zone from 1 to, I believe, 8 o'clock, Sunday night Seven game. hours of commercial-free football, Sammy. That's good math Exactly. Right there. <laughs> it's phenomenal. We recommend it highly on this by the, show. By the way, he's a free agent. This uh, offseason, Scott Hansen. Scott Hansen. So yeah, that will be, I mean, we're talking about quarterback carousel today. I think the industry with uh, sports broadcasting carousel and free agent, that's just as mm-hmm. interesting. I love to see, you know, the big fish, Tom Rinaldi. How weird is it to see him at Fox now? I mean, all broadcasters move. It's worse from them just stop broadcasting then to going to another network so eventually you just get used to it in my opinion do you have a favorite network or no for which sport oh now you're making me get into specifics here how about just in general like no you you sit down your couch and you turn on the television what what channel network mlb network that's your first choice wow mlb network over all the other channels you're you're going to mlb network Always, yes. Because I have uh, memorized that channel for a very long time now. Like my hands, when I get the remote, they just automatically go three six at ESPN. Oh, just mine says five eighty six MLB Network five eighty six on so fires. It's like I've been doing that since I was what seven years old. I'd walk downstairs and then just go three six every single time. But it's it, it's so funny how you mentioned that. I just think everyone has a, a channel that their fingers automatically go to when they when they hit the TV. But hey, you got to look at it right now from a overall perspective. And out of the professional uh, platforms right now, I think it's Fox that's at the top. You look at the yes. people they've brought in. They've stole the journalists from the, and the talent from ESPN, but also having the media side of video content. Fox is looking amazing right now, and I think. Something that stole really the Thursday night season. games. Stole the Thursday night games, and the graphics on the NFL broadcast this year have been head and shoulders ahead of the other networks. You look what you they know did. what's emerging. Prime Video. I actually saw a game on Prime Video. I think in Week 16 or something. It was I think game. Niners Cardinals, and only exclusively on Prime, and it was. Very good. They it was like sub from CBS, CBS broadcasters though. They didn't use their own broadcasters in that game, but it was still very interesting. Very very good picture, an interesting experience though, nonetheless. Or you can watch a game on Nickelodeon. That's pretty fun too. Indeed. <laughs> anyway, so we're gonna shift gears right now, uh, talking about the biggest headline from today, an unfortunate one, but we're here to celebrate the life of. Henry Hank Aaron, an MLB icon and legend on and off the field, which will be the theme of this conversation right here. Let's go over his accolades quickly, Sammy. I made a little bit of a list right here. I did my research. So, of course, Hank is a Hall of Famer. 
he has 755 career home runs. That was More the record than for Ruth. That was the record for over 30 years as he beat Babe Ruth and I don't know if I've told you, you told you this before but there's a running joke that I say that Babe Ruth is a myth. I have a theory that Babe Ruth never actually existed. Go watch go watch the film of him. You think a guy who is chugging down hot dogs during the game and smoking after and everything along those lines and being the size that he was was this absolute legend on the mound and at the plate. He just doesn't even feel real to me. I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of evidence to dispute that, that he is real, but... I mean, we I'm all have our different cons- opinions. Kyrie Irving thinks conspir- the earth is flat, so we all What's have our worse? own opinions. What's worse? I mean, I'm not a big conspiracy theory guy, but I just have a, I always joke that Babe Ruth wasn't real. He's like a ghost. I think of him in the Sandlot when there's that one scene when they have the terrible <laughs> depiction of Babe Ruth. You know, you know exactly what I'm talking about. They had yes. that horrible actor that was dressed up as Babe Ruth and as the ghost, the ghost of Ruth, and it was it was it was like. That's probably my favorite movie of all time, and that scene always resonates with me because it was just such a terrible job of recreating Babe Ruth. Speaking of favorite sport movies, mine would undoubtedly be Draft Day just because of the analytical perspective from the front office and everything, and I the wheeling and dealing. It gives you a jolt and just the, the saying about how I want all my – Picks and like this guy because I feel like it. I mean, it just feels very practical and very surreal and just was a phenomenal movie. This seems like a conversation that we should save for uh, one of those dead periods throughout the rest of the year. We're in Agree. the next five months where we'll have all the time in the world to talk about movies. So let's you know, really focus on Hank Aaron here as he really deserves the attention. Um, so 755 home mm-hmm. runs. That's That was the most for over 30 years over Babe Ruth. When he beat until Ruth's Barry record, Lamar and were, Bonds and broke Obviously, it. we weren't allowed. No, we weren't alive at that time to watch it go on. But from the stories that we hear, even more than just beating the iconic and polarizing Babe Ruth, you know there was a lot of hate going towards Hank Aaron at the time, with you no know, the racial climate in the United States, how people did not mm-hmm. want him to break Ruth's record, and you know, people were really against him. But at the same time, he continued. He continued to just play baseball, do his job. And break records as he always did. So we'll keep going right now. Right now, he's second all time to Barry Bonds. Again, a discussion for another time. That shouldn't be our topic of conversation. Yes. I'm sure you have plenty of bold opinions on that, but we can I we can indeed. say we can say objectively that he has the most steroid free home runs of all time. Is that fair to say? Correct. Okay. Yes. Very fair so he, to say. He does. So legendary player. We wish his family our condolences. Yeah, so let's keep going through. I mean, this is so fascinating when I was going through this. 23 seasons in baseball, 21 with the Braves between Milwaukee and Atlanta, and then two with the Brewers. He was the 1957 MVP. He was an all-star. This was the craziest one to me. He was an all-star for 20 straight seasons from 1955 to 1975. Every single year for two decades, this guy was in the all-star game, which is phenomenal. An MLB Mm -hmm. record, 2,297 runs batted in. And the third most hits of all time behind Pete Rose and Ty Cobb. I mean, that's that's quite the resume. That resume is just, it's it's unbelievable. I mean, 
There's would the record books of the player? record books right there. Would you say that he's a top five player of all time? A top five hitter or just player? Well, I guess in baseball you have to, you know, I mean, I don't know much Separate about his uh, fielding career, but, you know, I'd have to imagine that he was. A top five, like, non-pitcher, yes, without a doubt. I like to differentiate pitchers and um, and just field players when I'm talking about ranking baseball players. Same in football, how I like to differentiate quarterbacks versus the rest of the crowd. Basketball, you know, it, it's you can really uh, mm-hmm. put everyone on the same pedestal. But, you know, I don't like comparing quarterbacks to an offensive lineman. You know, both of them obviously have different, completely different, different impacts on the team. But more than anything with Hank Aaron, you know, we, we see in today's political climate how athletes are really stepping up and using their voices. But you want to talk about the origins of that? Look back at Hank Aaron during the Civil Rights Movement. Unbelievable work that he did. And won the 2002 Medal of Freedom for all his efforts off the field. Just an all-around incredible human. And the responses that flowed in today really just showed the amount of respect that everyone had for Hank Aaron and his legacy. Yes, I believe he was 86. Yep, I mean, a wonderful life that he lived and got to experience decades and decades of baseball after his retirement. Played an unbelievable career. So definitely someone that will always sit uh, upon the baseball throne no matter what. So rest in peace to Henry Hank Aaron on just a wonderful life. So again, switching gears... We'll do something that we haven't done in a while, the weather. I'll let you take the hold of that one, Sammy. That's all you, man. Alrighty, Cole. So, in Syosset, New York today, it is approximately 41 degrees out. And some ch- no chances of rain today. A little cloudy. But tomorrow, it will be a high of 30 and a low of 21. Cold one, but luckily no chance of rain, so no snow. Sunday... High of 36, a bit warmer, but a low of 23. But again, 0% chance of rain or snow. So we're going to have a nice and dry weekend, but it's going to be extremely cold. Hey, I'll take the 41 today. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to go out and you know enjoy that to the fullest. But 41 in January, no snow the whole month besides the little bit of flurrying that we had. Uh, was it Wednesday? Yeah, Wednesday during uh, school. We looked, at, we looked outside the so, window. Yes. Looked outside the window, and it's a full sheet of white snow. And then I get out of school in the afternoon, and it's completely out. Yeah, I mean, the second I woke up, I saw it starting to come down. A period later, snow's all around the ground. And then you're right. Later that day, it's like it never happened. It's mysterious. <laughs> the mysterious weather in Sayas in New York. We're in our own bubble here. Um, talking about cold weather, let's head up to the north, Toronto. George Springer is heading to the Blue Jays, beating out my New York Mets in the sweepstakes. A lot behind that, though. I think that has a lot to do not with the whole Jared Porter situation, which we will not be getting into today for many reasons, but talking more about uh, the fact that Toronto offered another year and additional cash to Springer, giving him the better contract overall. And he's joining a really nice... Blue Jays team that is starting to construct in the right path. So being the AL East uh, expert you are, as your team is involved in that uh, sector of the league, 
What are your thoughts yes. on this? Does this move them up in the AL East hierarchy? Are they better than the Yankees or the Rays? Do you think they overpaid? Spit it out, Sammy. All right, cool. So first thing is George Springer got six years, $150 million, $25 million AAV. So first of all, that's a very large contract for a guy who's on the wrong side of 30. Second, when you look at it, being only a year younger than DJ LeMahieu, getting $10 million more a year for the same amount of years, I mean, it's a bit of a stretch. I mean, when you look at it, the Blue Jays, yes, they have a great young core and they're trying to build up with other position players, but I think they need to focus more on pitching. And the thing is, George Springer, I feel like they were maybe bidding against themselves. I know the Mets are still in it, but after getting Lindor and anticipating to sign him, I don't know if they were really contenders as they were earlier in the sweepstakes. So when you look at it, I do not think this puts them ahead of the Yankees or the Rays, and I think they were third before this, and I think they are still currently the third best team in the AL East. Now, I would definitely say they overpaid, as I alluded to with the comparison to DJ LeMahieu. Not apples to apples, but like red apples to green apples. But when you look <laughs> at it, Steve Cohen, I don't think he would have paid this much for, I would not have paid this much if I were him for George Springer, and I think it was a good decision. Him shifting away from it, I know he wanted to make more splashes as he's told Met fans, but I think it was a good move to stay away from this, and I think this could come back to bite Toronto. I know you, Mahir, and I talked about big contracts a bit last week and on this topic and how in the long run they tend to hurt teams and handicap them financially, and for a team like the Blue Jays who don't have cash reining in like a team like the Yankees or the Dodgers or a very big market team, I think this is a bit too much money. Yeah, you mentioned Steve Cohen and my Mets. I guess I'll step in right here and talk about that. We got rumors last night that they're in the finals for the Bauer sweepstakes, which I'm skeptical of. I don't think it's worth it to go after Bauer. I think this team should be looking still more towards depth and not superstardom. He's a head case. You think, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a valid argument. It is. Personally, I think if he's in the right situation and he's enjoying it and he's playing good baseball, you can't complain. If he's on the field and he does his job, he could walk around naked for all I want around the field. But if he's if he's pitching well, I mean, look, he he's, he does his thing. It's true. I mean, I don't know if you want your maybe arguably your best or second best pitcher though throwing baseballs over center field during. A live game. I mean, that's a bit of I a... I love that, uh, man. Dude, this game needs more energy. It needs more fun. That's something I've done in the game before. I've gotten mad and thrown the ball. I mean, you're not, you're not on uh, live television, though, while you're playing. I mean... Look, they it, were the bright it, lights it, of Sassu Bay Park back in the day. You know, there's a lot of... That's like pretty much the MLB on, on steroids. That, that it may be true, but when you look <laughs> at it, if Trevor Bauer could be the Trevor Bauer he was last year, the Trevor Bauer with under a 2 ERA, that's the Trevor Bauer who could be great for a team like the Mets or I think a team like, Say excuse it. the bells at Syosset <laughs> High School. But when you look at it, Trevor Bauer, I think – if he's in the right situation, as you alluded to, could be the dominant self he was last season. 
But again, how much money is he going to dictate? Do you think a team could put up with his antics for six or seven years? He's been dealt now a few times. Originally, he came up with the Diamondbacks, and then he was traded in the the, the Chew deal to Cleveland. And then now he was traded to Cincinnati, and he's going to be a free agent again. So we're going to see what happens, and maybe teams just don't want to put up with his antics after a certain amount of time. So is a team going to be able to sustain him for that whole length of that large contract? It's a good question, especially when he's getting north of $25 billion a year. I think he will. And look, he's always going to think he's bigger than the team, but I'm okay with that because he's a superstar. His play can back it up. There's a difference between people like him and people like Juju Smith-Schuster when it comes to growing your brand. There's Juju, who's dancing on other teams' logos before the game and whatever. If he wants to do that, he wants to do that. But what I don't like is now he's coming out on top of that for a team that was playing horrible football leading up to the playoffs. And he's talking crap about these, some of these teams, especially the Browns, and, and coming at them. I never, Sammy, I never understand why these players will try to smack off these teams publicly before the game, trying to fire them up. I don't. I know as an athlete, things get me motivated. I love to be motivated in these games. And, and we, saw, we saw in the MJ documentary... Michael Jordan tried to motivate himself. And now you're talking about a playoff game against two division rivals with a long history and Juju's coming out here and trying to motivate the other team to beat them. Like, what what is he gaining from that? What is he gaining? What, if they win, he gets, like, the satisfaction of saying he was right? All right, congratulations. He gets gets to earn a little bit of that TikTok ad revenue, Cole. He gets gets that to roll in for I'd rather get the extra incentives of playing in another another playoff game. How about that, Sammy? Maybe those are not his priorities. We really don't know. And that's why he shouldn't be paid wide receiver one money this offseason. Not only is he, on a football perspective, which is like barely talked about anymore with this guy. That great a no player. One ever talks, no one ever talks. No, I, all right, let's calm down. He's a good player. He's not I a think, number one receiver I think type he's, a num- he's a number two receiver. We saw his rookie that's year. Great. He had a fantastic season alongside, at the time, that's the best receiver two. in football, Antonio Brown. Then he stepped into this number one role, and he has not even been able to come close to replicating that. Yes, he hasn't been playing with the best quarterbacks between, you know, whatever remains of Ben Roethlisberger and Mason Rudolph, but... And Landry Jones. And, and, and yeah, I mean, just an absolute mess. But at the same time, you know, he's not a receiver one. So he should give himself a bit of a reality check, but he has his brand. He has his persona, so we'll see what he does. Cole, one more thing before we fully get off the baseball topic. I mean, when you look at it from the Jays and the Mets perspective, they're both still in on the reliever Brad Hand, who I think could be a big use to both those teams and many others, as relievers are very valuable these days. And yes, Brad Hand is probably going to command a decent amount of money, probably north of $7 million a year, if I had to guess. But when you look at it, I think he's a very good reliever. He could be your seventh, eighth inning guy, maybe even your ninth. And he could really add something to one of those bullpens. And I guess we're going to have to wait and see on that front if Stevie Cohen brings out the checkbook for him. Yeah, no, talking about Brad Hand, I got an update, I believe it was Tuesday, if not the week before, the like the Friday prior. I know I was home from school when it happened. No, actually, no, it was – it was last Friday, a week from today, because I, I know exactly where I was in the house and that happened. 
and I'm getting all these notifications that the Mets signed Brad Hand, and I was like, wow, great, what a great signing. And that actually it was, um, I believe it was, it was one of the primary baseball reporters. I don't want to throw anyone under the bus right now, but it was either it was either Ken Rosenthal or John Heyman, one of them reported it that um, that uh, Brad Hand was heading to the Mets, and then within like five minutes it was refuted, and they already said that they were just in negotiations and they weren't even close to a deal. It was one of the rare reports that this guy got wrong, but you know, it would be really nice to see Brad Hand head to New York. Well, you're right. We're going to have to wait and see with Brad Hand on that front, but you're absolutely right. He could be a great fit on many teams. All right, so before we move on to our uh, NBA MVP candidates, we'll do that for five minutes, and then for the last half an hour, we will dedicate that to football talk. We got NFL quarterback carousel, a segment I've been waiting to do for months now because that's what I love to talk about every show. And then we'll cap it off with, you know, the two game previews for this weekend. So before that, here's a quick PSA. The police called after midnight when they caught our son at a drinking party. It was a real wake-up call. My wife and I are really worried. We don't know if our son has a serious problem or if he's just hanging around with the wrong crowd. How do we know what to do? The police officer who brought our son home suggested we try Al-Anon family groups. He said it might help to hear how other parents are dealing with alcohol problems. I didn't want to go to an Al-Anon meeting. I didn't want anyone to think we had problems like that. And I didn't think our son's problem was that bad. When I decided to give Al-Anon a try, I found it was a safe place that keeps your problems private. It was very helpful. Are you troubled by someone else's drinking? You might be surprised at what you could learn in an Al-Anon family group from people just like you. Call 1-888-4-AL-ANON or go to alanon.org. Alanon.org. If you need the help, get the help. And we're back here on WKWZ 88.5 SIOS. I'm Cole Nevins alongside Sammy Sherry. That was a PSA from Alanon. And as we mentioned before, NBA MVP candidates. Sammy, you requested to do this segment. I'm not a big stats guy. I don't go and, you know, track the... I'm not a big basketball reference sit on there, like, you know, do the whole nerd thing. I do that for football. Neither am I. But it's nice to just take a look at who's been playing well lately. You know, take a trip around the association, as they say. So give me some MVP candidates from the NBA right now. Well, Cole, let's start with the man named Nikola Jokic, currently averaging a triple-double with exactly 10.0 assists with over 10 rebounds and obviously over 10 points as well. He is playing great currently, and the Nuggets, yes, maybe started a little slow, but Jokic still is averaging 25 points, so he is still doing his part, and this Nuggets team is going to get it right. When you have a guy averaging 25, 11, and 10, good things are about to come. And when you look at their supporting cast, I am a big believer in Mike Malone as a coach. think they could do great things. And Nikola Jokic is definitely an MVP candidate. Next, to go to arguably the next best center or the best center in the league. This has been a big feud. 
Joel Embiid on the Philadelphia 76ers, who've actually, under Doc Rivers, been playing very good this season. And yes, Ben Simmons has maybe not been what everybody been a bit of a disappointment, but Joel Embiid has certainly not been averaging 26 points and 11 rebounds. I mean, when you look at it, Joel Embiid is a complete monster in the paint. I mean, he reminds me of a Orlando Magic type Dwight Howard with a bit of a better jump shot. Yes, maybe not the lob threat, but he's still a great center in this modern era of basketball. And this proves that centers are not dead with these unicorns in Embiid and Jokic. Next, Coming back from his injury, Kevin Durant has came back and impressed everybody and picked up right where he left off as a basketball player. On the Nets, he's been playing very good originally with Kyrie Irving or Kyrie Liss Irving, but then James Harden has now came, his old buddy, and now they are doing something special in Brooklyn, and we'll see how that manifests. We talked about that, but... Next, James Harden, another candidate. I think people say his numbers are going to drop a lot. I actually disagree with that statement. I think his efficiency will increase. Yes, his touches may get a little less, but I saw James Harden, and he was absolutely majestic. I saw this live, and he had Is that your new word, Sammy? That's like five shows in a row that you've used majestic. I don't know. I haven't been counting. I count. You you emphasize it so much. It's it's a new Sammyism. All right. Well, James Harden, he absolutely <laughs> is adjusted. They gave him the ball with three seconds left on the clock. They passed it to him, and Kevin Durant was on the floor at this time as well. James Harden did a little thing, got a little pick, floater, wide open, nobody even near him. Make, he's just, he's phenomenal. I mean, he's so crafty, and he is definitely an MVP candidate, even though Kevin Durant is as well. And then for my last two guys, these two guys were on the border of the five, so I said five, six, Kawhi Leonard and Giannis Antetokounmpo. Both teams are doing very good. Not the top in their conferences at this moment, but you got to keep them both in mind as they are both former defensive player of the years in Giannis and in Kawhi Leonard, both great players and Drafted two years apart in 2011 and 2013, respectively, and are both on championship contending teams. And Cole, that wraps up my MVP candidates for this 2021 NBA season. Looking forward to see what happens here with How about this, these... Sammy? Can I cut you off quickly? Sure. What about Julius Randle? Is he on your list? You know, Cole... He unfortunately was not. I mean, Julius Randle may be playing one of the best seasons in his career, if not the best season yet by far. Easily the best. Twenty-two points. I mean, that's that's very respectable, especially at at that power. He's really. I'll I'll let you you look up my head. Go go look it up right now. I want you eleven eleven rebounds and assists. Six assists, not bad. I mean, 22-11-6. and six, those, those actually may be almost as good as Embiid's numbers, honestly. That's what I'm saying. The, the guy is somehow went from, uh, I mean, I, I, call, I call him the Dreda last year. Everybody him in New York. I called him the Dreda last year because he would just go and spin around the whole time. But now he's <laughs> become the MVP candidate himself. In my, I mean, he's playing 
look, I don't think he's a, a superstar yet, but he's playing at that level right now. Like he he's a late really bloomer, is. maybe drafted yeah, in twenty fourteen. You know, I think he's... he could. No, he can be in, you know a really nice part of this Knicks franchise going forward, and he's young. You know, he's not thirty two years old. I mean, he he is he is fair. I think he's one what, and done 20, 25, 26. Let's see. He was drafted in 2014, probably was 19 the time he came out. Figure he's about 25 now then. Yes. Yeah. Still I mean, pretty young. These young one-and-done guys come out, and they're not always ready. And Julius Randle was a, probably a good example of that. And he was drafted very high by the Lakers in the top 10. And, yes, he's somewhat disappointed there. Went to New Orleans and now landed him in New York. And, he is producing. I mean, something Would you say is he's not playing Porzingis right now. I don't know about that. Porzingis I mean, is the he is. born after all, Cole. Look, someone retweeted like a a flow chart of the trade and like the aftermath of it, and the Knicks were able to parlay that trade despite not getting Durant and Kyrie as they planned on doing. They were able to get Randall and quickly with that pick that they made through a few changes. And I can't. And that looks better than, and they were able to get rid of, uh, you know, Hardaway, who's looked terrible for them. And you know, as much as I Dennis love him, Smith in tra- hasn't looked that great Dennis either. Dennis Smith looked hasn't looked that great as an understatement. He is atrocious. He's not going to touch the court this season. I I cannot believe that the Absolutely. Knicks made that the centerpiece of that deal in their return package was. I mean, obviously it was the cap space, but Dennis Smith, come on, he is looks. He was, he was to be the next Westbrook. But he had a good rookie season. He had a good rookie season, and he's been atrocious ever since, Sammy. He has. Him and Frank, I can't. I, they're not going to play this year. Frank, that guy. I. <laughs> That's all you can say about him? I? Oh, yes. Frank. But um, no, we'll see what happens with our Knicks. They're back at 500 now, playing some good basketball. Nice eight win eight. over Golden State last night. Uh, big win against Boston. Win against uh, what was it? Golden Washington? State. I don't think is that good. Yeah, but they've had some nice wins this season. Don't sell them short. It's still they still beat a team with Steph Curry and it's James Wiseman playing well. Draymond Green did get ejected, but you know the Knicks had a good game. They played with that Rivers last night. I think having Alec Burks back is absolutely massive for this Knicks team. He was their best player through the first three games. We're only a fifth of the way into the season, Cole. I mean that. The Knicks still have plenty of time to mess it up. Let's they have a reputation that precedes Mr. them. Mr. Pessimism himself. Why don't you just enjoy it while it can happen, Sammy? Because then I can't have the joy of hoping to get a great draft pick next year. Uh, I'm sick of rooting I'm sick of rooting for draft picks, Sammy. I do it with my Jets, I do it with my Knicks, I did for the Rangers for a year. I don't want this root well, for draft picks anymore. You are picking the wrong teams, Cole. Maybe you have to consider converting to a different set of teams because clearly well, they're I not winning. I think every New York team is on an upwards trajectory right now. Is there a New York team that's on a downwards trajectory? Let's see. Mets, Yankees, definitely upward. I mean, the Sabres may be on the downward okay. trajectory. I'm talking about New York teams. Teams that the start of their franchise is the New York blank. All right. Well, let's see. The Jets, I mean, they're a little, and the Giants are both a little on the cusp of doing something good. They can good, only but, go upwards, Sammy. Both of those teams can I mean, only go upwards. I mean, Daniel Jones is atrocious at football. I mean, there's no I, other I way agree. to frame it. But he I should think never be out. I think he's going to come. 
we're going to talk about QB Carousel. We didn't put him on the list, but I will say, you know, I think the Giants are going to bring him back next year. They'll find out, just like how the Jets did with Darnold, that no matter what you put around him, he's just not that good of a quarterback, and they'll move on from him. But they'll have the rest of their team yeah. constructed in a, in a really nice fashion. So I the would Giants need a new running back. I, I, I would, we'll have to see what happens with uh, Barkley. I, I, I'm very, I will say this. I'm very Never curious to see how Daniel Jones will do with Barkley because they really haven't played together in, in two seasons now. They, they have like two games together. But um, Barkley's I'll, rookie I'm, season is the best version of Saquon Barkley. We'll see. I completely agree with that. Completely agree. But again, topic for another time. But, you know, bearing Daniel Jones, they are in an upwards trajectory. The Jets can only go up from there, and they've made some fantastic decisions so far this offseason, bringing Salah and LaFleur and all the assistant coaches. I'd say both yeah. of those teams are going up. I'd say the Knicks, and the, Nets are, Knicks and the Nets are definitely going up, at least the Nets in the, in the current state. No, they can, I mean, they're only going to get better with Harden right now, in my opinion. So they're, both of them are you no. Know, uh, yeah, but the, the draft right picks now. are. That's we talked about okay, that well, last. But we're week. talking about right now. You know, they, that's not. Yes. Hopefully, that doesn't happen for another three years, for the sake of that team. You no, know, Knicks, Nets going up. Jets, Giants going up. Mets, Yankees going up. Rangers, Islanders going up. Who is it? Yankees could go down. Honestly, I know what, I'm what? a huge Yankee fan, but. They haven't done anything different. I mean, at some point, they got to stop rolling out the same team. And the definition of insanity, Cole, is doing the same thing same over thing. and over, over and, and expecting over a different result. <laughs> and Brian Cashman, Aaron Boone needs to go. I'm sorry, but doing the same thing with him over and over, not getting different players, it's it's not working. DJ LeMahieu needed to stay, but at some point, they need to get some new guys in there. All right, so we're going to play a quick song, Shine the Dark by ACDC. We'll be back at 440. We're going to do NFL 2021 QB Carousel, fly through that, and keep that on our minds throughout the offseason. And then we will close it off with playoff picks.
And we're back on WKWZ 88.5 Radio. My name is Cole Nevins. I'm here alongside Sammy Sherry. That was Shot in the Dark by the iconic group ACDC. And I actually have a scoop for you, Sammy. Um, what is it? You, not a scoop that you'd be expecting. So, no, obviously you're, you're in your own bubble right now at home. But here Correct. at school, we're starting to do a lot of coverage concerning or regarding the 2021 school sports season. So we'll, we'll figure out some stuff for you to do. But today I did an interview with uh, our athletic director at Sasa High School, Mr. Cronin, which will be airing throughout next week. And I just got a scoop from Twitter. John Campbell said, uh, new as of February 1st, Cuomo administration will let local health departments decide whether moderate and high-risk sports football, hockey, basketball among them, can play games. Huge implications for high school sports. And here's the headline, the, the memo that they wrote. It's in very small, blurry text, so I'm going to do my best to read it. Effective February 1st, 2021, participants in higher-risk sports and recreation activities may partake in individual or distance group training and organized no slash low contact group training and further may partake in other types of play, including competitions and tournaments only as permitted by the respective local health authorities, like the county health departments. Local health authorities should consider the following factors in authorizing and continuing to prohibit higher risk sports and recreational activities, as in many areas, these factors may weigh against permitting such activities. Whether there has been a more transmissible variant of COVID-19 identified in the area, local rates, and local ability to monitor and enforce compliance. So, that's a scoop from Twitter that I just saw. Hopefully, that gets going. And wouldn't that be such a blessing for all these athletes to not have their senior season stripped and just be able to get something out of it. Even if if they did a tournament one day or something, you know, or one week of playing, I think just being able to get on the court for those basketball players, especially since their season's in the most jeopardy of anyone for one last time, maybe even doing, you know, if I had the choice, if it, if this season gets canceled, if I was able to choose, maybe have the players do their best to quarantine for maybe a week or two or whatever, keep it on the low and then have a organized somewhat of a basketball tournament and do a blacktop thing mm-hmm. outside outdoors. Don't have to worry about being yes. indoors and, mm-hmm. Just like how everyone was doing over the summer, be able to play that. And again, you know, only got ten kids in the court. But I feel like that would be an interesting way to go out. You know, maybe just have a you know king of the court type of uh, thing for basketball. And then and look, maybe a tournament wouldn't be the best answer because it's a lot of people going back and forth throughout all those teams. But I think the biggest thing is you know these players want some sort of closure, and being able to do that would be a huge thing for them. But for the outdoor sports, it's looking pretty good, Sammy. I'm not. I'm not going to get you no know, too antsy right now, but I think things are heading in the right direction, as we spoke about before. So let's yes. talk about professional sports for a bit. Uh, QB carousel. So Sammy and I made a list of players that could be on this carousel, whether they are going to be traded or signed or not. And of course, there's such a big list of potential openings around the NFL. So let me get my list out. I got everything right here. So we'll start division by division. All right, we'll start with Sam Darnold. And we're going to kind of do this, I wouldn't say rapid fire, but let's try to, you know, for the sake of time, 
you know, get this done quickly. So, Sam Darnold, at, at first off, what do you think? Cole, Sam Darnold, he needs to go. Out of the Jets, I know we talked about this last, last week. I don't know some viable destinations for him. Maybe Indianapolis after Phillip Rivers' departure, but we'll have to wait and see with him. Yeah, in my opinion, there's a lot of really interesting spots. I think the Jets will try to trade him to a team that's willing to give. A, if a team gives a second-round pick for Sam Darnold, that is absolutely where he will go. I don't think they're going to get a second-rounder for him. I think he'll be a third-rounder. But the value that Sam Darnold has, even though he's played at a fourth or fifth-round uh, value on the field, he still has one more year on his rookie deal and allows gives the team a luxury to go out there and test it. So some teams that could test that, Indianapolis, well, I, I mean, maybe not Indianapolis because it looks like they're trying to build a contender right now. If I'm Indianapolis, we'll get to this. This will be the theme of my picks. I think they should go after a veteran quarterback. But, you know, maybe a team like the Saints or the Steelers could go after um, Sam Darnold. You know, they have a really nice defense. They have a decent offensive line. I know the Saints are going to need an overhaul this offseason. But it allows them to at least evaluate if this guy has any chance of being the quarterback of the future. And both teams have nothing to lose when they move on from Breeze and Roethlisberger. We'll see about Big Ben. And we'll actually get to that uh, right now. Big Ben, what do you think he's going to do? He wants to come back for another year in Pittsburgh. But based off his play, it doesn't look like he should. So what what are you doing if you're Big Ben in Pittsburgh? Retire. I mean, he probably should have retired before this year after that injury. I know that's never a way you want to go out. But the play just isn't there. Big Ben isn't the Hall of Fame quarterback he once was, the two-time Super Bowl winner, and it's time to hang it up. I think Big Ben did not make a bad decision to come back this year. I thought it was a good decision to come back and, you know, again, have some closure, as we said when we're talking about uh, school sports. You know, he was injured. I don't want to go out on my career like that, just like how Drew Brees didn't want to go out getting benched in his last game, even though he might have deserved to. But... I think Big Ben inevitably retires. I think the Steelers are going to tell him, look, we can't thank you enough for everything you've contributed to this franchise, but we're moving on from you. And it would probably be in your best interest to retire and not, or you know, do what Phillip Rivers did for one year. But I think Phillip Rivers still is at a higher level than what Ben Roethlisberger is at this current moment. So my prediction for Big Ben, retirement. For the Steelers, it's up in the air, but we're focusing on individuals right now. Um, how about Tua? I know your stance on this, so let's make it quick. Cole, not even a conversation. Tua needs to stay. I think Tua will end up staying, but I still really, truly believe that the Dolphins do not have confidence in him. And if I were Miami, I would go and trade Tua. Cole, you're the one who's always saying that people give up on players too fast and that after one season there's you a can't difference do between, that. There's a difference between giving up on players and just not having confidence in them from the start from the get-go, and I just don't think they trust Tua, and I think the way their team is constructed, Sammy, is they're almost in a win-now mode, and if you want to have a, win a Super Bowl, you need a quarterback with a Super Bowl ceiling, and I just don't think Tua Not has a Super Bowl ceiling. I think he's a high-floor, uh, high floor, low-ceiling quarterback. Moving on, Derek Carr, what do you think happens with him in Vegas? You know, Cole, this is a very tough one. I think Derek mm-hmm. Carr is still a very good football player, a very good quarterback, definitely at starting level. But the problem is Gruden and Mayock don't like him. They just don't think he's that good, I don't believe. So 
I don't really know some destinations for Derek Carr besides across the Golden Gate Bridge or formerly the Golden Gate Bridge, shall I say, to San Francisco, his former somewhat home, I guess you could say. Go back to the Bay Area, leaving Vegas, and I think that could be a viable destination for him. I really want to say my bold take for the offseason that they give up on him because I just watched the body language closely, and it just seems that I get Embiid and Simmons vibes from it. I said that last time. I think they're both good between Gruden and Carr, and I think they get that, but there's just never been that mismatch. The, the Steelers, all teams, I think Derek Carr could go to a contender in that way that needs a quarterback that can get it done. Cole, I'm about to jump out of my seat. I know we're going to talk about this quarterback in literally a second, but I can't hold it in. Matthew Stafford, stick it to the Lions and go to the Bears. Wow, wouldn't that be quite the interesting story? Um, let's stay in the AFC, though. Drew Locke, what do you think is going to happen with him in Denver? I don't the new guy, but the thing is, I don't think John Elway likes Drew Locke, and people under him aren't going to like him either, probably, as a result. And I think Drew Locke... They're quarterback, and I don't think they like him. There's a difference between thinking he's a bust and that, and you know, in that aspect of it. But with Drew Locke, I just don't think he, that, that Denver is going to keep him in the long... Not keep Drew, Drew Locke. He's probably going to be cheaper. I don't I think mean, he's that good. And you can get his value up. I think I'd rather have Drew Locke next year than Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick won games. We'll, we'll skip Watson right now. We'll save it for the end. Alex Smith. We have talked about that one. We'll, we'll skip it for right now. Alex Smith, what do you think? You know, Alex Smith, we feel for him. I think he's was a very good quarterback, and he was just he was getting better in his last year in KC. Very unfortunate what happened to him in Washington. And if he could get his injuries all cleared and everything, I think Alex Smith could still be a good quarterback in this league. I've always liked him, always thought you could win with a guy like Alex Smith. When I thought Alex Smith, I thought that's a guy you could win a Super Bowl with, even if he may not be be Aaron Rodgers, and that comparison will always be drawn, but I think Washington should keep Alex Smith. I think he has to retire, Sammy. This was a fun season for him. He got out. He was actually in the best situation possible. He got playing time. You know, he got to go out there, but I just think he the, the rails have come off for him. And, you know, it's an amazing story. He's an inspiration, but he's done. And he's a really intelligent guy, so he has a great future ahead of him. Um, NFC time now, actually, although Alex Smith was NFC, but Carson Wentz <laughs> slash Jalen Hurts, what do you see Philadelphia doing? All right, this, this is an interesting one. Now they... The definition of insanity again. I mean, you can't make it up with these Eagles. First, they have Andy Reid. Fire him. Go to Chip Kelly. Then they hire Doug Peterson, an Andy Reid predecessor. Then they fire Doug Peterson, whose offensive coordinator was Frank Reich, who now is with Indy. And now they pick his offensive coordinator from Indy as their new head coach. I mean, come on. Like, the, the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. I know it worked out with Doug Peterson last time, but again, why wouldn't you just keep Doug Peterson? I'm sure the offense is going to be very similar, and when you look at it, Carson Wentz has not been the same since that MVP-like season when Frank Reich was his OC. So now, 
Frank Reich system will be coming to Philadelphia. So maybe Wentz is going to get back in that driver's seat, but we'll have to wait and see. And if I were the Eagles, let them both duel it out again. I just don't like Carson Wentz's mentality in Philadelphia right now, especially with Hurts breathing down his neck. That is true. He is, he not, is shown he that he's not like able. A man, like a he doesn't. He doesn't take it like a man. He does not. And you no, know, if I have to be a little bold here, like you know, give a Sammy take, I think they move on from Wentz. They go. They go with Hurts. They go all the way. Or they. Or I think. How about this? Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts will not be on the same team next year. I just Fair don't point. think a head coach, offensive minded head coach, coming in. I always talk about the you know, the connection and the relationship between your quarterback and your head coach, and I would have no problem with them wanting to move on from Jalen Hurts if they really had to. Um, Why is Eric Bieniemy not gotten a job yet, Cole? I don't know. It's the big, it's the million dollar question right now. Should have um, got Matt, one last year. Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford, as I said, I couldn't keep myself in my chair. Matt Stafford to the Dub Bears. I would love to see him go to a contender and even a team like the Colts. I think that would be an awesome fit for Matt Stafford. Um, maybe a team like Pittsburgh would be a really cool fit. Uh, you know, the Bears would be interesting. Other than that, I mean, I don't think Miami – I mean, the 49ers, I don't know. We'll see what happens to them, but definitely a contender. Um, Trubisky. Well, if Matt Stafford were to go to the Bears, I'm still a big believer in Trubisky. He's taking it like a man – not like once any came back. They started the season 3-0 and with Mitchell Trubisky. I think that says something about him and some viable options I could see for him. Same kind of teams. San Francisco, maybe. Maybe Indianapolis. You I know, all these. I disagree. He's not a starting quarterback but right now. And I lo- look, he played horrible in that playoff game. I think I, g- I gave my comparison a few shows ago. He's a career Ryan Fitzpatrick. And we have more of a sample size about him now. I just think he's that guy. He'll come in. He'll make spontaneous starts to his career. He'll be a fun player. A lot he's, of money. He's, he's fearless. He'll make a lot of money. And it'll be a, you know, a nice career for Trubisky, but he's not a starter. Um, I'll skip these two in the interest of time. You know, Gol- I put Jared Goff and uh, Russell Wilson concerning the, just some of the rumors that we've heard, but I think both of them will, will stay put. Um, Jimmy well, Cole, G- we just had some breaking NFL news that Patricia will be returning to New England. His role has not been specified yet at least to my knowledge, but he will be returning to the Patriots after being fired by the Great Detroit move. Lions as their head coach. And we'll see if he becomes a DC again, what will be his role in new England. But we saw a guy like Josh McDaniels originally on OC got, uh, went to be a head coach, got fired, came back to bill. So we'll see what Patricia does. And it's going to be interesting there. Yeah. I like that back move by Patricia. That's a very smart move on his part. Um, Jimmy G, do you think the Niners keep him? You know, I do not. I think Jimmy G showed in the Super Bowl what he is. I mean, since that injury, I don't think he's been the same. Remember that he made one bad throw. I mean, when you look at it though, before he got injured, he went like six and oh, in his only six starts with the Niners that season. And he played great. And if that Jimmy G could return, then I think he would be a viable option. And, a great one for the Niners, but I don't think that Jimmy G is in them anymore. I would rather Jimmy G than any of like the candidates right now. I think Stafford might be a better quarterback right now, but it's not worth the hassle to give up on Jimmy G. And he already knows his offense. He'll return. The 49ers have a great team. I think they can be Super Bowl contenders next year. Bring back Jimmy G. Bring some more weapons and you know 
One more receiver. Weapons, They're gonna be looking really offensive good. weapons. For uh, Matt Ryan. Cole, you know my thoughts on Matt Ryan needs to go, not retire, but I think Justin Fields, that's what the Falcons need to do. Trade up to number two with the Jets. Jets trade to four. Take Wilson. Being a great trade for both teams. Jets get some more draft capital in addition to the capital they got in the Jamal Adams deal. And that what they would do now to Matt Ryan, I think, I don't know if a team's going to really give him a chance. I mean, maybe he could get a Phillip Rivers-type role like he did this year for a one-season-type gig, but mm-hmm. I think Matt Ryan may be washed up, Cole. I read his stats to you last time, Sammy. He had a pretty solid season. Again, teams like Indianapolis, Washington, without Pittsburgh. Without Julio Jones. Just when I was talking about Matt Stafford, same situation with Matt Ryan. Just I think Stafford's one tier ahead of Ryan right now. Um, James I Winston. think there's a few, actually. Jameis Winston, what does he do in New Orleans? I don't think he'll stay in New Orleans, but I still think, as I, as you well know, I think Jameis Winston is still a very good quarterback. I could see Chicago, again, as a viable option there, as you well know. And I think Jameis Winston can still be a very good quarterback. Maybe the Vegas Raiders would like him. I know Gruden and him had their QB camp type thing, remember, when he was drafted, and it looked to me like he was very impressed with Winston's football IQ and knowledge, and he has the raw talent to do great things. I brought up, remember, his eyes and what happened there, and I think his his eyes now are going to make a big difference in him throwing less interceptions. All right, and last but not least, just one more to answer, Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater, stay in Carolina. I think oh, this is so tough. He's good. Uh, Not good. I think I think I think he'll stay there, but they definitely need a bridge quarterback, or they should, no pun intended, or they should uh, go get a young guy. All right, it is five o'clock right now. That segment took a lot longer than I thought, so let's give your quick picks for this weekend. Who do you have All right. in both games? Cole, not that many picks this week, but we have two: the Bucks at Green Bay and the Bills at the Chiefs. I think everybody knows what I'm doing in the bottom game. But first, the top game, give me Green Bay, spread is three and a half. I am taking them to cover and win outright. And give me the Green Bay Packers in Lambeau. Aaron Rodgers is going to return for the Super Bowl for the first time since 2010. You know, my pick here, I think Green Bay beats Tampa Bay by double-digit points. They're definitely going to cover three and a half. I think that's the lock of the week. And... The Chiefs game, Mahomes is playing. So I guess for the fun of it, I'm going to root for the Chiefs in this one. And I don't think Mahomes is going to be 100%. I think he's going to play like 75%. But his team could do the heavy loading for him, and he has an amazing supporting cast around him. So I'll take the Kansas City Chiefs in that one. I guess I'll take them to cover minus three. We'll see what happens. Cole, but I need the Buffalo Bills, I think, are going to win. Obviously, I'm taking them with the points as well. And at minus three, I think they'll win outright. In Kansas City, Josh Allen, Bills Mafia, Stefan Diggs, the Buffalo Bills, Tredavious White, I think, great team. Sean McDermott is going to have them buckled up, and they're going to be ready to play Mahomes. All the pressure is on him now. Josh Allen is hanging in the sun, and I think he's going to do great things. And if the Bills win the Super Bowl, I will be held to it. I will jump through a table. It's going to happen. We're, we are going to make that happen, Sammy. I don't know. I don't care how yes. we do it. You've talked too much about the Bills since the beginning of September to not 
be a part of Bills Mafia. You should become Since a Bills last fan. Last year, remember, I picked Josh Allen to be yeah, MVP. This you you year. said that, and I called you insane. And now, I am not looking uh, so insane that was right one of the now. Few really good takes you nailed on, and you can go Thank brag you. about that all you want because you deserve it. And you've said that. I believe you said that. Um, what in our, one of our sports analytics meetings? Uh, last I did. year, so no twenty what twenty nineteen. You it was at it. least. 12 months ago, no, more. May, no, maybe 12 months ago. So Maybe probably, maybe I hit probably the at, right after, on the the head. Su- after the Super Bowl. So probably, you know, March of, oh, it's probably a year ago. Okay, it's probably a year yeah. ago you've been on this train. And personally, I think you should become a Bills fan. That's just my opinion. I don't know why you're a Chargers fan. It's the most random thing in the entire world. That's it for today. We can explain that another time. Or, Sammy, you want to say quickly? I would like to give myself a pat on the back for going 6-1 and one last week. My best record yet by four. And... Yeah, you missed the show. pick as well. I went 7-1. and one. I don't know about you, so I went up to you. You like didn't do a pick. But whatever it was, that's it for today. Thank you for listening. We will see you next week. Super Bowl preview coming up. Really fun yes. stuff there. And um, enjoy the games. Take care. Have a great evening. At this time, WKWZ, Syosset's community radio station, ends its broadcast day. WKWZ.